This is ESPN Radio. It is ESPN's Fantasy Football Marathon here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. A lot of you are wanting to play fantasy football. I'm going to tell you how to do it. Get ready for the season at ESPN.com slash FFL or download the fantasy app by the ESPN. It's fun, easy, and free to play. My producers are all worried that I made the state of Missouri mad at me. That's happened before. Missouri and I have had issues. But here's what I'll tell you, Missouri. I think your team's going to win the Super Bowl again, and that should be enough for Myron for them to be happy. Yeah. No, that's something to, that's something to be excited about, for sure. They got that. It's just, listen, we, love, we love people everywhere, man. We just I love people. We're well, just joking. I'm just joking. Listen, Missouri is yeah. one of the best states I drive through to get to another state. So I want you to know that I really am happy about it. And I say yeah. to you, Kansas City Chiefs are great. Kansas City barbecue is great. It's just the University of Missouri athletics yeah. are not something that most people think about for more than three to four seconds a year. And that's fair. And then I made a comment about Mississippi and bell money and i want to be clear the people i know from mississippi better come with bell money you know because i've just known them to be sort of rowdy at times but it's a beautiful place man i love mississippi uh, thank you for that uh semi-apology now, that I clarifies we, we, well i don't know if that's what you meant but we do we'll talk about the nfl we have a topic scheduled here that is what is the best division in the nfl so i thought i would attempt myron to rank them eight to one and have you comment as we go. I would do the hard work and then you can do the easier work. Are you good with that? I'm with it. Let's do it. All right. So let's talk number eight. I think the worst division in the NFL is the AFC South with Jacksonville, Tennessee, uh, Indianapolis, and Houston. I think Jacksonville's going to be good. The rest of those three teams have a chance to be awful. So I'm saying that is the worst division in the NFL. Do you agree? I do agree because, you know, that's one of those divisions where you go uh, a quarterback on a bad team is going to win, right, for the most part. Like, I think the FC South, again, though, Jacksonville and kind of what they are and their potential add some weight to it. But beyond that, uh, it's rough. All right, seventh, I'm putting the NFC South. You can make a case this should be eighth because at least Jacksonville has Trevor Lawrence. But with Tampa Bay, Atlanta, Carolina, and New Orleans, I don't see one team in there. I'll go so far as to say if I wasn't wanting to see Bryce Young, I'm not sure there's one team in there, Myron, that I would want to see play ever at any point during the season. I mean, those are already the worst games anyway. When they're on, they will be on the flipping channel for me. Do you have any reason for anyone to care about the NFC South? No, I mean, all you need to know is that Derek Carr might be the best quarterback in that division. You you know what I mean? Uh, In New Orleans and all the challenges they have. Atlanta, more people are talking about B. John Robinson, but I don't know if that's enough to carry that Falcon team. Baker Mayfield trying to prove he's still a starter in this league in Tampa Bay. And then you got a guy in Bryce Young who could have a rookie season that ends with maybe rookie of the year and a division title and playoff spot. So that's definitely a weak division. For me, at sixth, I'm going to say the NFC North. You have lost Aaron Rodgers. You have a Bears and Lions team that expect to be better, a Packers team that will be significantly worse, and a Vikings team that may or may not be better. I actually think probably takes a step back. What do you think about the NFC North? Do you like them at number six? They're right there to me with the NFC West. 
I know you got San Francisco and Seattle, but Arizona, and I think the Rams will be pretty bad. I don't know that there's a bad team in the NFC North. The Vikings should be good. They'll battle probably Detroit. I think Justin Fields takes the next step uh, in his progression. And then, you know, if Jordan Love is decent, uh, Green Bay could be interesting as well. So um, that's what I would swap between. Yeah, the reason I put the NFC North there is actually I put fifth the NFC West because I think you have a Super Bowl contender there with the 49ers. So because you have a side, to me, you look at the NFC North, there's not one of those teams that actually has a chance to win the Super Bowl. Whereas when I go to the NFC West, which is fifth, I have San Francisco, what I think is a Super Bowl contender. I think the Rams are going to be significantly better than they were last year. Not a Super Bowl contender, but maybe a playoff contender i actually like what the seahawks have done arizona has a chance to be the worst team in the league but i do think with the nfc west with the 49ers you have a team that if if brock purdy's good and i'm not certain that he is good but if he is good then myron there's no they got everything else you would want to have a chance to win the whole thing yeah i mean san francisco i think is right there as a contender you know geno smith Finished top seven in QBR and passer rating. You add Jackson Smith and Jigba. Uh, that receiving core might be the best in the NFL. Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, and now the rookie. So I, I think that makes sense. For the Fourth West. for me is the AFC West based pretty much on Kansas City being there. I think they're going to have a really good shot. Probably will win the Super Bowl again. San Diego, hey, win a playoff game, and then we'll talk and see what will happen. Denver cannot be any worse than they were last year. I do think the Raiders can be worse. But nevertheless, when you have the Chiefs, they're going to be must-watch television. Do the Chiefs lose a division game all year, Myron? I I mean, I could see a world where – they take at least one loss. I, I think the Chargers uh, are going to take a step. I think Justin Herbert will get better. He's already playing really well right now. Just got paid a bunch of money. Raiders are terrible. I don't see Russell Wilson making the leap, even under Sean Payton. But you can make a case that the AFC West could be even lower, that Kansas City might be the only playoff team uh, in that division, potentially. I'm going to go third, the NFC East. You obviously have the Eagles and the Cowboys, two of the three best teams in the NFC, then the Commanders and the Giants. I think the Giants take a slight step back. The Commanders maybe a slight step up. But this will ultimately be a division, Myron. Don't you think that is Cowboys and Eagles? Yeah, I mean, Philly, I think, is a step ahead of everybody. Um, I think they get back to the Super Bowl. And then Dallas and the Giants could be a couple of playoff teams as well. I mean, that's a league where, you know, uh, 75% of the division could end up in the playoffs. That says a lot about the strength of that division. I'm going to say second is the AFC North because the Bengals are a Super Bowl contender. I think the Ravens are substantially better. I think Pittsburgh is going to be a little bit better as well, as will the Browns. I think all of those teams take a jump up. If you're talking about the division that every single week, Byron, I would want to see these games. When those four teams play each other, I don't think there's any version of those matchups that I don't want to watch. So that one, to me, is as competitive as it gets from top to bottom. Yeah, it's like Big 12 basketball, I think the NFL, just how competitive it is top to bottom. You talk about Lamar Jackson, Odell Beckham Jr. That connection can really alter that whole division. Uh, That defense should be good as well. Uh, You you have a guy uh, in Mike Tomlin who just refuses to play less than 500 football. Like last year should have been the year. He still finds a way to go nine and eight. And then Deshaun Watson, who I'm not sold on Deshaun Watson. I think that was a terrible performance from him last year. Completed 58% of his passes in those six games. But they've added some pieces on defense, and if he gets back to what he was, 
that'll be an intriguing team. And then Joe Burrow coming back healthy will determine what happens with Cincinnati. First for me is going to be the AFC East because I think three of the top five teams in the AFC are in it. Went with the Bills, uh, the Dolphins, and the Jets. And then the Patriots have a shot to make the playoffs. Probably won't, but they'll be at least right there. And they are the Patriots. Again, compelling games. Any of those four teams play each other, Byron, I want to see it. There's not one of those games that I flip off if any of the four of them play. I think the order, especially at the top three, you could make a case for any of those top three teams finishing first, second, and third. For me, Myron, that makes it the toughest division in football. Yeah, I, I think it's the AFC East, and I'm not sure there's anybody close. I think because of the reasons you mentioned, Buffalo looks like a Super Bowl team. I think healthy Tua and the Dolphins puts them in that category as well. I feel like we're not talking about the Dolphins enough because of all the concerns about Tua. But if you tell me he's cleared to play and he's healthy – that team is clearly dangerous as well. And then Aaron Rodgers and what they've added. Dalvin Cook, again, Garrett Wilson, Sauce Garner. you got the reigning rookies of the year on offense and defense. Quentin Williams just got paid a bunch of money. That defense is going to be top three, maybe even the best unit in the entire NFL. Uh, and then to your point, the Patriots, a bad Patriots team, is still a team hanging around 500. So it's not like that's going to be a gimme game for anybody. Uh, so that's going to be a tough league, man, to win. Can I just note something for those of you listening at home, watching yeah. on ESPNU, et cetera? I came up with all eight of those and all the teams off the top of my head. I didn't realize this was the topic till we were coming in, and I just did that off the top of my head. As a matter of fact, I was trying to make sure I knew all the teams in the divisions. Myron, don't you think that's at least a little impressive that without writing that down, you can see this sheet of paper. I had nothing yeah. written down on it that we were able to make that happen. That was good work, man. No, good work by you. I don't feel like that's enough for praise. You're just you're just saying that's good work. I, I feel, yeah, yeah. Well, I want you to be impressed. I want you to be at least a little you know impressed it, by it. You know how good it is. I bet they bring us back Friday, Matt. I bet that's how impressive it is. They, watch, I, I'm telling you, I'm predicting the future. They're going to invite us back on Friday. And again, I want to say to you. It's not that I dislike Missouri. It's just that you should not be in the SEC under absolutely any circumstances. Besides that, you are very good people. I just want to make that uh, make that clear. Now, let's go to Will in North Carolina. Will is trying to make the claim that all of North Carolina is in the South and that I made it by saying part of it and we're not sure was wrong. Will, why is North Carolina in the South? Well, I, you know, if you look at history, which I really don't want to get into it. But I don't want to get into the history the part. I'm talking about right now. <laughs> Your name is North Carolina, and you don't have one school in the SEC. That means, for me, you are not South. Well, how can Kentucky be more northern than North Carolina? Well, let me ask you a question. What, what, conference is, a school in the what conference is Kentucky in? But you were saying that because schools in Tennessee and Kentucky. Let me ask you a question. You know, what's in, do you know what's in North Carolina? Do you know what's in North Carolina? There's a little school in North Carolina called Duke. And there ain't one thing Southern about Duke. So I'm going to have to hang up on you and say, you actually whipped me from putting North Carolina on the border of the South to you are out. That's what I have to say. But where do they go? That's what. Well, they're just in their own place. They're floating around in North Carolina. I mean, there are hippies in Asheville. You got the the Triangle, Charlotte's own place. 
Sorry. I feel like the like, East Coast doesn't want them either, though. Oh, just I like think that's to, the uh, challenge. Say here at the ESPN Radio Morning Show, we love the people of North Carolina. No, we I love, love people North everywhere. No, wait a minute. Stop <laughs> with this. Line, line, everywhere. Line. Stop with this. First of all, I went to school in North Carolina. I've lived there for four years. I really like North Carolina. It's a wonderful yeah. place. It's, I mean, there's a ton of wonderful places. It's just not in the South. A huge story blindsided everyone across the sports world yesterday. What? We'll get into it next on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. This is ESPN Radio. It is mornings on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. The slow jams have been wonderful. The discussion has been great. People, everybody at ESPN is all worried. I'm going to make these states mad. These states understand. We're having a grown-up conversation here about states. I like all 50 of them. There's only one state that I would never be I would be fine never visiting again. Only one, Myron. Would you like to know which one it is? What state is that? See, you sound scared. No, no, I'm not. Listen, I am. There's nothing <laughs> worth visiting about Kansas. It's the only one. Like there's just nothing no, there. I don't mind. It's just it's just ground and you just drive through it. That's it. Everything else has got something unique that's worth being a part of. I've tried with Kansas. I've given it every chance in the world, Myron, and I haven't found something yet about Kansas. No, I disagree. Uh, Wichita uh, has some incredible things. Uh, You've been to Do-Do-Do-Do-Do Diner? The Do-Do Diner? Have you ever heard of that? No. There's a diner in Wichita that has the greatest pancakes and the largest pancakes you've ever seen. I, I just want to be I just want to be real. If I if I ask you, tell me something about Kansas and you start the sentence with there's a diner in Wichita and that's the yeah, best thing that you diner. got. That's the best that thing diner. you got is one diner I'm in on Wichita. The wall. I'm on the wall. Like they got me on the wall. That, okay, so uh, there's the answer. It's yeah. not that it's great. It's the only place that has said Myron Metcalf is a star. That's why I'm on the, I'm on the wall. Yeah. That's why you think you like Wichita. That's all well, I care about. Yeah. I'm gonna switch gears here for a second to a story that took a lot of people by surprise yesterday. 
which was Michael Orr filing a lawsuit against the Tui family. That, of course, is the group from the blind side, the story of his, uh, at the time, what was said to be an adoption. He says he never was adopted, that it was a conservatorship. And it was made into a movie with Sandra Bullock and Tim McGraw. He alleges that he was uh, misled in order to sign the paperwork that led to the conservatorship. And that he made no money at all from the actual movie and the filming of it. Myron, I-, I said this earlier. I think if you knew people, I knew people in the Memphis area that have been saying that story was not exactly how it was portrayed in the movie for a long time. Now you have this come out. This is a movie and a book that most of America has seen. It made $300 million. Sandra Bullock yeah. won an Oscar for it, I believe. What was your take when you heard the allegations in the lawsuit? I, th- I thought it was sad. You know, I mean, there's so much to it. You know, it wasn't just him signing the paperwork, uh, sort of giving them control of his life and the ability to make money off his life, if those allegations are true. It was him finding out that he hadn't actually been adopted. You know, I can't imagine what that must have been like to feel like you've just been used uh, this entire time. I also wonder, like, how many other people this happens to. You know, if this guy is 18 and he's in a situation where he's got to trust people to try to help him advance his life and he thinks they have his best interests at heart, I don't care about the legal stuff, although I hope he gets his money, whatever he's deserved, whatever he's due. I care about this idea of, man, at what point do you stop treating somebody like a human being, especially a child? Because that's what he was. I mean, yeah, 18, 17, whenever he joined them, but he was still a young person, vulnerable, and they had a responsibility to make sure that they didn't put him in a difficult circumstance. And, you know, we cover college sports, and so many of these kids will come from overseas or they'll come from a particular area or, or they can't afford certain things, and there will be a family that will come in and say, hey, Come live with us. Come stay with us. And that kid just has to trust that that family, that those people are going to do right by him or her. Um, and to see a situation like this, it just makes me sick to my stomach if, in fact, these allegations are true. So let's take a step back for a second. First of all, anytime there's a lawsuit, this is the lawyer in me because I used to practice law. I say these are allegations. Doesn't mean it's true, right? So start with that. But secondly – I have to say, here's why I was always suspect about this story for a long time. I love the book. I thought Michael Lewis did a great job about it. The book was actually, in large part, not about him, if you remember. It was about the recruiting process and about, you know, what it is to be a left tackle and all of this stuff. But the movie was was about him. I always believe when I see a great athlete that when I know more about their parents, something's not right. If you know what hmm. I mean, like the athlete yeah. should be the centerpiece of this. If the Tuies or any group of people are doing something out of the kindness of their heart for the athlete, what they should want is for the athlete to get the spotlight. I mean, I think that's fairly simple, right? Wouldn't you like the athlete to be the person that actually is the one that everybody knows? If you go back and watch the movie, the stars, the Oscar nominees are the parents. Does anybody mm-hmm. even remember who played Michael Orr in the movie? I, I, no. I don't. Now, was Not the story name. really about Michael Orr? Was it about his rise to the NFL? Or was it about these parents and their family? And that has always been my problem. So whatever actually happened, I do think there's a sense that this sort of the portrayal we did of this 
which if you think about it, really was about the heroic parents or, you know, adopted whatever it ended up being, conservatorship folks, and not the actual human being involved. That was something that's partially the Tui's fault, but it's also Hollywood's fault. It's really Mm -hmm. everyone's fault that sort of glamorized this idea of Michael Orr and not Michael Orr, the human being, which I think has always been lost in this. And he was a great football player. Yeah, and, and how easy is it? Matt, uh, for Hollywood to tell a story about the white family that adopts the poor black kid. It's and then exactly this happens, right. right? You know, you see those things uh, a lot. And you had Michael Orr who said, hey, listen, you know, in the movie they said I'd never had a bed before. Remember, that was the big thing. That was the big scene in the movie. Sandra Bullock says, here's your, here's your room. And he says, you know, what's that? I've never had a bed before. And in later interviews, Michael Orr was like, well, I had beds before. You know, that scene was sort of exaggerated. And it just makes you sad to think that a young man comes into a situation where, like, again, you just got to trust that they're going to do right by you, Matt. Like so many of these young people in those situations, you just got to trust that this group of people are going to point you in the right direction, support you, and try to make your life better. That's all you have. So to find out that that maybe wasn't the case must be a devastating feeling. I don't know what's going to happen legally, but I'll tell you what, if it's true, how could the Tuies look at themselves in the mirror and feel good about themselves if, in fact, this is what they did to Michael Orr? Yeah, again, I don't know exactly what's true, but I want to go back to your statement. There are situations like this all over the time. You mentioned earlier the amount of people that come from, like, overseas or from Africa mm-hmm. to, to America to play basketball. I want you to think about what the situation for those kids is like. They come yeah. to a continent – where they don't even live, maybe barely speak the language and come live with strangers. Now, a lot of those people are doing it out of the goodness of their hearts. I don't want to give them all bad motives. But on some level, if there's a bad actor, what are these kids even supposed to do, right? Like, I mean, there's really nothing that they can do in many ways. I am sure that the relationship between Orr and the two, he started out with good things in mind and but I think there is a sense and this was what if you talk to people in the Memphis area that maybe it got to that family's head a little bit and things I think no matter whose fault it was they got distorted and it almost became the Michael Orr story was the Tui story and it was the story about them and I think Myron that's where I always had the most problem with it it was why it always never felt right to me and I think this lawsuit kind of brings it full circle yeah, I think your intuition was right. You know, a lot of people felt that way back then. I, I think it also speaks to this idea of a young man who didn't care about fame or any of that. He he just wanted to have a family. And to see this happen to him uh, is sad, and you hope it doesn't happen to others who might be in a situation now. Yeah, well, it's, it is a sad case. It's, uh, oftentimes when it looks too good to be true, sometimes that's actually yeah, the case. Now, the ESPN Fantasy Football Marathon is going to roll on. We're going to tell you who to avoid in your drafts. That's next here on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. This is ESPN Radio. I don't know this, Myron. Who is this uh, here on the morning with Matt Jones and Myron Metcalf? Who? Luther Vandross. My, my, my. Gill. Johnny Gill. I messed it up. Oh, my gosh. I messed yes. up. Yeah, I'm so listen, embarrassed. I shouldn't have asked I'm you. I'm so embarrassed, Johnny man. Gill in Johnny the house. Gill. It is my, our fantasy my, football my, marathon. We are close to uh, actually passing 1.5 million drafted teams. I haven't even done my draft yet. Already 1.5 million drafted teams on ESPN Fantasy Football, which means we're going to be talking it. But before we do that, real quick, I want to note, Myron, a couple people who I like were making the case for North Carolina being in the South, and they made two good points I want to note. This is pro-North Carolina being in the South. It's the home of NASCAR and the Andy Griffith Show. So those are two things that I think when you're trying to make the calculus do lean towards North Carolina being a Southern state. Yeah, I feel like that's enough, right? That That's like two automatic bids. If this were the NCAA tournament, like that's an automatic just, bid. They just won like the MEAC? Is that what it meant yeah, by making the tournament? A, that's definitely the MEAC champion of the okay. South. Okay, all right, say, fair right, enough. Right? Daniel Dopp is the co-host of the Fantasy Football Podcast. Daniel, appreciate you coming on. I'll start with this. Dalvin Cook has been a guy over the years that's been on my Whoa. fantasy team. Now he is on the Jets where – Presumably, he won't have quite the role he had with the Vikings. How does him moving to the Jets affect his fantasy value in your mind? Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me. Love the Johnny Gill, by the way. Thank you for letting me come on. Did you know that? By the way, let me ask you a question, Daniel. Did you know it was Johnny Gill? Because Myron did not. Of course, I I I knew knew it was Johnny Johnny Gill. Gill. I knew I messed it up. I had a a brain moment. (laughs) Daniel, I'm so disappointed. Daniel, more soulful than Myron Metcalf. No, when it comes I, just, to John I made a mistake. Gill. Daniel, so go sorry. ahead on Dalvin. I'm sorry, Cook. Myron. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about Dalvin signing with the Jets. I think that he's going to have some early season value as Brees Hall obviously is not ready. Otherwise, I don't think this move would have happened. So we're going to see Brees Hall come back quite a bit slower and take it slow that first half of the year. And I think that's where. Dalvin Cook is really going to have his fantasy value. But as Brees Hall gets healthy and gets back to 100%, I think as you see towards the end of the season, you're going to see Brees Hall take a larger share of that workload. So early on in fantasy, no problem drafting Dalvin Cook. He's someone that's still going to be used in that offense even once Brees Hall comes back. But he's not somebody that's going to be the same kind of player that he was in Minnesota when he had everything to himself there. So I still see – uh, Brees Hall having his running back 17 right now, and Dalvin Cook is in the mid to low 20s. That's more of a flex play for me. 
It feels like there are four quarterbacks, four rookie quarterbacks who can see the field and maybe get significant time. No offense to Stetson Bennett, but obviously C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, uh, Bryce Young, and then Anthony Richardson. Of those fours, how would of those four, how would you rank their fantasy value going into this season? There is only one of them that has fantasy value heading into the season because of where everybody landed, and that's Anthony Richardson. Like, what the dude can do with his legs is going to be unreal in the NFL. We've already seen it with guys like Lamar Jackson and Cam stop Newton it. and Justin Fields. Stop it. And so no, – Stop I'm it, Daniel. You mean stop it. Stop it. You are trying to put a dude who was terrible in college in the same category as Lamar Jackson and Cam well, Newton. All right. Doesn't he have to win? Doesn't he have to even be decent before people are putting him in that rarefied air? Daniel, come on. All right. Here's why. Here's why. Hear me out. We're not talking about real football. We're talking about my fake football. He doesn't have to actually be a good NFL quarterback to be a good fantasy quarterback. Blaine Gabbert, Blaine Gabbert was terrible for years. But you know what? Because the Jaguars were playing from behind for so much, he was able to air it out all the freaking time. Blaine Gabbert was a guy that you could use in fantasy. And I think even though he has not been great in college, under a 55% completion rate at Florida, I still think with his legs here in the NFL, with the way they're going to utilize him in this offense for fantasy, he is going to be in that same role. He could push for 700, 800, 1,000 yards rushing his rookie season if he gets the start from the jump. All right, Daniel. Here's you what I'm laughing. Said, hang on just a second. If you had said to me, okay, he can be Blaine Gabbard, I would not have complained. <laughs> but you literally said, Daniel, Lamar Jackson and Cam Newton. I need you to do me a favor because you are a wonderful guy and you are who I rely on for fantasy football. I need you to look at Lamar Jackson and Cam Newton in the eye and apologize to them for comparing Anthony Richardson to them. He's talking about fantasy Listen, football, it's not going to be – I'm telling you. There are aspects to this game. I'm talking about them utilizing their legs. we got to break free from that NFL mold. This is not about Anthony Richardson as an NFL quarterback. What he can do in year one as a rookie, he's the only guy that has the potential to be able to use his legs like these other guys. So Here's the, he's Cam still Newton is rolling over 18. in his grave right now listening. He's alive. He has a oh, I know, but he's rolling over. That's how bad it's making him feel. He's alive. <laughs> here's the thing. about. Here's the thing, Daniel. This is what you have to understand, Daniel, about Matt. It doesn't matter if you're a guest on the show. <laughs> Matt is going to treat you like you are a caller named Tom from no, Iowa. No, that's not true. It does not matter. I'm going to treat like you like I'm like you're my friend. I like to like my, Myron is my friend. I talk to you. I thought like you were this. getting ready to hang up on our guest. I wasn't like you were hang up on him. It's just, I mean, seriously, my well, I'm not. Listen, Daniel, I love you. Let's go to another one because you've been. I don't. I, I don't. I can't. Baby. I can't have that question. Lance from Des Moines. Des Moines I know. know I, I. It's Daniel from the fantasy world, and that's a fantasy world where he's in the same view as Lamar Jackson. But going into the draft, give me a couple sleepers that I can pick so that I don't feel as bad about you when I pick them and they succeed. All right, that's fair. And I'll try to make up for this Anthony Richardson conversation, all right? I'll try to redeem myself here. Two guys that I like late at the wide receiver position. You're asking for sleepers now. Yes. I love, love Elijah Moore coming over from the Jets to be the number two in the Browns offense with Deshaun Watson. Camp Buzz has been big on Elijah Moore this year. And I'm really excited to see him with Deshaun as a full year under center. 
getting back to hopefully the quarterback that he was when he was in Houston to be able to lead this offense very into Elijah Moore. He is basically free. And another guy that I really like, Romeo Dobbs. I know everyone talks about Christian Watson. Listen, I'm nervous about what Jordan Love's deep ball is going to look like. And again, it's only training camp. It's only preseason. But like, I have heard a lot more reports about Romeo Dobbs and that connection closer to the line of scrimmage than I have about Jordan Love connecting with Christian Watson on 55-yard bombs down the field, which is where he saw so much of his fantasy value last year in a four-game stretch when he scored seven touchdowns over that time. So, for me, Romeo Dobbs, Elijah Moore, they are free. They're guys that you could throw into your flex, have potential high upside from that flex position. Those are two guys I really like as some sleepers. Daniel, I don't play too much fantasy football. I really do it, you know, be, because of work. I, I don't like jumping into trends. You know, I, I haven't seen Oppenheimer or Barbie yet, right? I'm one of those people, right? So He's still trying to catch up on Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah. So mm. uh, Forrest Gump was great a couple weeks ago. But for people like me who are sort of new, you know, just not really obsessed, but still play it for fun, what's your best advice? Um, this year, I'll tell you what, there's two things. One, it's draft the players that you want. If you're, if you're playing for fun and you got players that you love to root for and you want to watch every Sunday, be able to go out and root for the guys that you're excited. I'm a Lions fan. I love it in the leagues where I'm not being super competitive to make sure I get a couple of Lions because it's just that much more fun to root for your fantasy guys when you're actually rooting for your actual NFL team too. Um, the other thing though, I'll say this year, you can take a wide receiver at the top of the draft, man. Justin Jefferson, 1.01, you want Jamar Chase, you want Tyreek Hill. It doesn't have to be one of the running backs like we've always done in the past. You can go with the wide receiver route, or, this is crazy, you can take Travis Kelsey because he is so much better than everybody else at the position. Even at 1.01, the very first pick of your fantasy league, you can take Travis Kelsey, and I'm totally fine with that value there. All right, Dennis Dodd is the co-host of the Fantasy Focus podcast. I will root for your Lions this year because Daniel Dopp, he is the co-host of the Fantasy Focus podcast. I will root for your Lions this year despite your Anthony Richardson talk, and I will root for you and wish you nothing but the best and good luck with your uh, rest of your day. I appreciate it. I'll see you guys from 7 to 10 tonight on ESPN, ESPN 1 for the mock draft we're doing tonight for the fantasy There you marathon. go, 7 to 10 tonight. Remember, you can get ready for the season with ESPN Fantasy Football. Sign at ESPN.com slash FFL or download the ESPN Fantasy app. You can throw away your draft with Anthony Richardson. It's fun, easy, and free to play. Still can't get over that he said that. But nevertheless, we will deal with that and more with my friend Meyer Metcalf, Dennis Dopp, all the good things here on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. 
Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com. This is ESPN Radio. Oh, Tevin Campbell. I'm in it. Girl, I want to it know is, Please don't sing. It's mornings here on ESPN Radio. Matt Jones, that terrible singing voice you hear behind me is Myron Metcalf. It wasn't that bad. I mean, it's... Is this in G, is this in G sharp? What's the, what's the note? I got I to hit the right. I'm not warmed up. I don't know if it's G sharp or not. Uh, okay. First of all, I need That's to say saying, something but. here as we come back. Uh, I kept calling <laughs> Daniel Dopp. Dennis Dodd, which is somehow getting yeah. both names incorrect. <laughs> yeah. That was not my intention. And then when I tried to correct it, I said it again. <laughs> His name is Daniel Dopp. I just followed him on Twitter. You should follow him because he's, re- he's really good at fantasy sports. I still think his comment about the about Anthony Richardson was completely wrong, but I don't want to – his name is at Daniel Dopp, D-O-P-P. So I do want to say I didn't mean bro, to continue dude. to get his name wrong. Bro, just DM him, man. You don't have to say – you don't but, have to apologize. No, I mean, I feel bad for it because, like, I think people thought I was just, like, calling him Dennis over and over, oh. and I wasn't trying to do that, Myron. But, like, sometimes it can make it worse if it's like, listen, man, I know your name is Steve, and I called him Marcus. <laughs> but I thought I wanted him to get the love he deserves. Some people, some people might have missed it, man. And that was... Well, that's a fair point. Follow at Daniel Dopp, and if you want to write him and say I'm following him because Matt told me to, at Daniel Dopp, because Myron, during the break, you were saying I was being a little harsh on him about the Anthony Richardson thing, and I just don't want to. I I just don't want to. Stop. Stop. You just want me to drop it? You just don't want me to talk about it anymore? He was saying, he was talking about Anthony Richardson, and, like, you uh, you were like, Quietly being like, stop, stop. <laughs> that was the funny part. <laughs> like, this dude, this dude is a fantasy football dude. He's like, no, stop, dude, stop. Well, I just wouldn't uh, even stop. I just don't. I am so tired of people acting like Anthony Richardson. First of all, there's a part of it. It's like, why do we always compare Anthony Richardson? Why is it always the same three or four guys? Like, it's always Lamar Jackson. It's always Cam Newton and Michael Vick. Well, first of all, part of that is, like, let's expand who we're – the other thing is those dudes are great. There's a chance Anthony Richardson is somebody terrible. Like, I'm glad to hear that he's Blaine Gabbard. That, I think, is more reasonable than why do we always say Lamar Jackson, Michael Vick, and Cam Newton? First of all, just for the record, just for the record, Lamar Jackson and Cam Newton are nothing like each other. They didn't play play all alike each other, right? Well, and I think the biggest difference, too, and the problem with Anthony Richardson is – the resumes of those guys in college. Yes. Was Heisman winners, different. both of them. Both of them were yeah. Heisman winners. Michael Vick leads his team to the national championship game where they lose to Florida State. So I, the biggest problem with Anthony Richardson, no matter what anybody thinks, if you're talking about how he was at the combine, the physical gifts, all that's real. There is just no history. And I dare someone to find it. 
of a guy who was not a good quarterback in college. Who First of all, suddenly you're stealing my point. You know I've made this point a hundred times, right? Like it's not I made it too. <laughs> I made it. We both made it. No, I mean we're See? green. I'm not trying to like. I'm just saying to like. My, you, why do people you, do that? Daniel do people, dopping me now. Too? <laughs> I'm Dennis dopping you. Okay, Dennis when I made the me. conversation, it was a Daniel dop comment, <laughs> and you're making a Dennis dop comment. But but I do think that's the thing. Is like. It's weird to me how many times in our business we get it wrong when we exaggerate a guy's potential yes, in the totally combine. Agree with you. And then the following year, despite watching that guy fail, you do it Zach again. Wilson, we do the same thing. And I'm like, somebody tell me where they have film, where they have evidence of Anthony Richardson being a good quarterback. There isn't any. So maybe you, that'll change in the NFL. You but would have had to history. stop watching him play after the Utah game, right? Yep, you would it. have had to have acted like the Utah game happened and then he never played again for you to believe he was there. I just cannot. Now, with that said, follow at Daniel Dopp. He's got the greatest yeah, fantasy stuff. Good dude. He is. Can we just good real dude. quick clarify why he was so high on him? And it was not It was just because he said he can be good at fantasy but not good in the <laughs> NFL. It wasn't like he wasn't saying he's going to go to the Cam Hall of Newton Fame. and Lamar Jackson were good in the – okay, let's just go to – again, the other controversial no. point besides the Daniel Dennis Dopp thing was that I said North Carolina is not in the South, or at least it's a, I think it's a close call. Now, the NASCAR and Andy Griffith thing was a good sign of yes, but then Duke is there, and that's nothing at all Southern. So Alex is in Raleigh. I used to live in Raleigh on Edwards Mill Road, so I'm very familiar with it. Alex, make your case. Well, I would say that NC State is very, very South. If you're comparing Duke to NC State, would you not agree that NC State is, is very Southern compared to Duke? Well, compared to – I mean, compared to Duke, like Minnesota is Southern. I mean, that that, that has nothing to do with anything. I mean, I – But that's your point, Minnesota, right? get that's it. Your point. I'm you're just saying, well, Minnesota is like as Northern as you can be, but like Duke is basically New York and New Jersey. They just put it in North Carolina. Have you been to ECU, uh, East Carolina? It's a beautiful place in Wilson. Yes, yeah, I have. It's a vi- that is a beautiful. Green- that's one of the Greenville, most. Excuse me, Greenville, Greenville, North Carolina. That's yeah, one of the yeah. most underrated, beautiful campuses. I, I'm with you. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, so I, I would say that is very, very southern. And you, you named maybe four counties. There's a hundred counties in North Carolina. Yeah, but nobody lives, very, very no, nobody lives in those. Nobody lives in those. Mike is in. <laughs> Mike is. I'm just kidding. That's a joke. I'm People. from a small county. I'm just. I'm. I'm having fun. Mike is in North Carolina. What about you, Mike? Well, uh, I have some issues with what you said. I can I tell by now. Let me just say, Myron. That's a southern voice. I will grant you that. Just, yeah, just, that dude, just start that with dude it. That's a southern is voice. He's in the south. He's, He's in, in the, the south. south. Wherever you are, sir, is the south. <laughs> well, but if you go to New York City, you're going to still be in the south with that voice. But go ahead. No, I'm in Wil- I'm in Wilmington. But do you eat collard greens? Yes. Mm-hmm. Do you eat them all the time? I mean, not every meal of every day. No, like, no, I don't just no, sit no, here and no, just no, pack no, collard no, greens no, in my mouth, but, but do I do they eat do them. that in Kentucky? Yes, we do. Of course. You do? Oh, wow. Well, then maybe you've got some of your southernness back. 
What do you mean back? No, when did you, I mean, let me tell you something. No I, one I, has I, ever okay. just hang, hang up I on Mike in North Carolina. Mike Nobody is. Well, you then don't be defaming the Kentucky. <laughs> Nobody walks what? around Kentucky oh, going, when did Kentucky become northern? What is that was the worst what? argument ever. I don't think you love you about that one. Was Try that? to take your southern away you from you. Do you eat collard greens? Yes. Oh, man. Oh, said, do you, but do you eat them all the time? Was he, he, was trying to, he was trying to have a collard green off. <laughs> a collard green off is insane behavior at 9 in the morning. So. Green competition. Yeah, you can't listen. You can't green like I can. Yeah, that really Wait was. My man was like the Eminem. Lunch and dinner. He was like the Eminem of collard greens. He's like, I will That's challenge that. anyone to a collard green off anytime said, you want. But I know he something said, put, about you. Put your collard green count up. <laughs> What's your count at, cuz? I got 14 <laughs> collars this morning. It's like, wait a second, brother. Does that make me that less man. south? Less yeah. south? That man said, but Listen. did you eat them all the time? <laughs> Just for the record, nobody's heard this gravelly voice and thought I wasn't from the south. Myron, I've had a great time the last two days. We will do it again on Friday. I hope you listeners have enjoyed it well. Get ready for the season. Let me read this. Get ready for the season with ESPN's Fantasy Football. Sign up at ESPN.com slash FFL or download the ESPN Fantasy app. It's fun, easy, and free to play. Greeny is next. I'm sure he has a lot of collard greens. This is ESPN Radio. More next.